0: And we're rolling. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Another episode of Saf in the City. It's always good to talk to you guys, even though you guys don't see this till later. Uh, confession here for some of you that might know already. I released an episode a few days ago, and there were some good ideas in there. You know, I've had an episode thought out, but it wasn't executed to the best. And to the Staff in the City fans, to the people that take their time to listen to this and respond and critique and compliment, whatever it is, you guys deserve the best. And that was not my best. So I took it down. You got to own your story, you know, and here we are going at it again. I have some good ideas I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about the same things and you guys deserve the best. So you know what? It's okay to try again. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. All right. So we've all been living through a war. This is a world changing event and we've all lived through a lot of world changing events. COVID, this um, I mean, those are the two big ones that come to mind, but those two alone hold a lot of ground in both in the pretty recent years. And um, you guys know I'm in Israel during this time. It actually feels a little bit COVID like that. In the beginning, we had to stay in our houses and, and be scared to travel. And Daniel Zara, the kid who I brought on the podcast uh, a few days ago, he pointed out like, that these people are such a threat to us that we have to stay in our houses, that they're doing the same damage that... A disease that could spread like nothing was able to do so just a scary thought so I want to speak about some of the things that I've personally been going through you know I always like to reflect and talk about what I've gained so I'm gonna speak about some of the hardships I've been going through the past few weeks and then some of the uplifting and I guess you could call it heartwarming and times that have helped me grow so first I just want to say there's been so much pain during all of this Thank God, I'm in a safer area. Baycham is just pretty safe. Uh, Israel's on the line for us. They want us to live here. They want us to have day-to-day lives. But so much pain. First of all, in the first week and a half of the war, distant bombing every 10 minutes. Really scary. Just being that close to it, even though we're, right not, we're not right next to it at home. When I was in America, I was always hearing about it, not living in it. So that was just really scary and you're seeing all these scary videos and getting all these alerts and sirens are going off and it's it's really hard it was really hard for me to know what to do with it i didn't know if i should just sit in this pain and just be sad and be depressed i didn't know if i should forget about it and just move on with my day and i was finding it too hard to do either and i and i i needed help and thank god i've had a lot of good support during this time but for the beginning especially i was looking for escapes and just not looking to deal with my feelings but i realized that the key for me and for everyone is not to move on or to sit in but to move forward it's about the balance always comes back to the balance move forward with it because i want to feel the pain and the sadness that these people are feeling but again the people that are fighting are fighting so we could live not, not sit around. They want us to live. So keep them in mind, especially when we're doing nice things and davening and doing chesed. But keep them in mind and, and just, I guess, have a little bit of a heavy heart while you do it. That was what I, that was what I took from that to move, move with it. Another uh, hardship during this time was that I, I guess I still experience today is the trauma. Uh, there was a really, first of all, the, the idea of rockets scares me a lot the fact that there's throwing rockets in the sky is is terrifying. I feel like we're living in a video game. And Israel has these defense forces that can now shoot lasers at these rockets. I really feel like we're living in a video game. And it's it's so sad that this is like a reality that I had to accept. And after the initial attack, the first time I experienced a rocket, I was with a baby in a park. I was babysitting him. Um, During this time, I felt very helpless. And a thing that Something that I really focused on was doing chesed and uplifting the community. And I love kids and I love, uh, they make me happy and it helps me work on my responsibility. And I was watching this baby, we were hanging out in the park and the siren went off and there was no one else in the park and there weren't a lot of buildings nearby. And they say that if there's nothing nearby, you're supposed to get down in the open. And it was really scary. Uh, they say you have 90 seconds to react before the iron dome hopefully intercepts it by the way even in the background you hear a plane right now these are army planes like i don't know i don't think they're doing attacks more maybe they're more just for watch but anyway uh a siren went off and i had to run with this baby as fast as i could up the steps i set a timer for 80 seconds in case i didn't have enough time to go back down and thank god i found a garage and we went in the garage the iron dome intercepted it and all was okay but it was really traumatizing uh, i was with a baby alone and I felt super responsible, and the baby was my rock he he didn't cry he was calm, but having that sort of responsibility and, and the first siren that I experienced myself was was really traumatizing and but the trauma continues every little thing and every little noise it, it keeps me on edge like the other the other night I was just sleeping in my bed and my roommate went to charge his phone and he he moved the charger and hit my foot and i just started shaking like i was really scared i was in my room it's just it's you're very on edge i'm very on edge and a bird was chirping late at night and i was just extra scared not just more than a normal suspicious uh chirp at night um any uh the other night i heard a car door closing i thought it was a bomb it's it's very scary and it's it keeps you on edge and it's good i guess because that's how you stay safe but it's a hard way to live there's there's some trauma here for sure So I think that the things I just talked about were a lot of the hardships that I and a lot of people have experienced during this time. But there's been some some silver linings here for sure. And one is that family family is always drawn during hard times and Israel, the Jews were a family. And like any other family, family, it's complicated and people have different views and fall out of touch and only like certain members of the family and these members are being annoying and so on. But when push comes to shove, family has each other's backs. And I've never seen a community come together like in my life like I have during this war, the way that people are going out of each other's ways to help each other and uplift each other, make sure everyone's taken care of, having food, having money, giving to the soldiers, giving to your neighbors, making sure people have places to sleep. It's it's so uplifting and so powerful. And that's the reason that I've saved Israel during this time. It's so beautiful to be a part of and to see. And I said this today at my rabbi's house. I think that when God promised Avraham a land for his people, a home for the Jews, I think this is what he had in mind. A place for us to live as one we really during this time i've seen and it's sad that a war had to bring this out but one nation one heart everything else didn't matter everyone you call the people that that you haven't been in touch with and you make sure everyone's safe and the little differences don't matter anymore and it's we we unite over the parts that do matter that we're here as a team one nation under god it says that in the in the pledge of allegiance in the american one but I've, I've seen that here. And the lesson that I've taken from that is that I shouldn't wait to tell family and friends how I feel and to connect and reach out. I shouldn't wait for a war for that to happen. It's nice that during the hard times it comes out, but why wait? It's, we have the opportunity to spread love and joy all the time. And that's something that I want to work on and get better at. I don't want to wait for the hard times to get on the phone with my family. You know, I saw a family get on a Zoom to discuss something and, and one of the, this guy that I was with said, it's sad that we needed a war to get this, to, to get the Zoom going. So that's another lesson I took out for that. So like I said, there were good parts about this, good, silver, not good parts, silver linings in this war and areas for us to grow. And there was a lot of pain and I'm still experiencing both, but I'm in a much better place. I feel safe. There's nowhere else I'd rather be. This is this made me appreciate Israel. This is where I feel like I'm, I'm meant to be right now. And, and to everyone that's anywhere else, this war is not... The soldiers are not the only ones fighting it. This is a war on the Jews. Some of the hate and anti-Semitism that I've seen on social media during these times is inexcusable. There was a video released of, of a Hamas... I don't know. I don't want to call him, call him a soldier, but a Hamas member calling his dad, saying with pride that he killed 10 Jews and his parents were saying, oh, you should be blessed. You should be blessed. It's inhumane. And the fact that these people have supporters, it's beyond me. I I hate war. I, I don't think that there should be a need for armies. In a perfect world, in my perfect world, armies don't need to be a thing. Everyone can live in peace amongst each other and if and if not accept each other's differences respect them not to fight over them the fact that someone is calling his parents proud of killing 10 people and that his parents were proud back it's in it's incomprehensible Uh, i don't uh, and it bothers me so much more that people are supporting that and and people are gonna say they're supporting palestine and it's not necessarily terrorism there is a clear difference i also feel bad for the palestinian people who are not involved in this war and are and are losing their homes or their lives because hamas lives amongst them and that's how we have to take them out even though we give them mornings to leave they don't have anywhere to go i understand it's a, it's a harsh situation and I'm, I'm very sensitive towards that but there's a difference between feeling sympathy for them and supporting terrorism so anyway as i was saying this is a war for all of the jews the soldiers, yes, they're on the front line fighting. But as someone was telling me today, they feel so uplifted when they get these notes and food and that we're all sending, knowing that we're praying for them and davening for them. There, there's no one without the other. There's no us without the army and there's no army without us. And like I was saying, I was really struggling in what to do during the war. I felt so helpless. I was like, what can I do to end this, to help this, to do anything? And it was really bothering me. And like I said, chesed was a big way of me for, for me to cope with this and feel like I'm giving back, and learning and davening and having them in mind. Um, I'm sure everyone in their own ways are is exper- experiencing anti-Semitism and hardships of this war. And for everyone that's found a way to give back and fight this war in your own life, whatever that means, good for you. I'm happy. Let's keep it up. And to the people that feel like you haven't, we're limitless, but we're not useless. Dig deep, talk, find someone and let's help out because I believe that during this time, God wants us to come together and and carry out his ways. I'm not God. I'm not going to pretend I know all his ways and reasons, but I think that i was told and i think that one of the reasons this happened is for us to reflect and do things better all right so that i think that's yeah that's all i want to speak about the war today you know there's other things i want to talk about some other concepts and some positive things because like i said life's supposed to move on and we're supposed to keep going but we're not moving on from it we're moving with it so i just thought that was important to be said all right here's a thought that came to my mind the other day everyone right now, think of your worst and most stressful issue. Everyone has one. Okay. And I'm thinking of mine and I'm imagining that when I'm having a bad day and specifically because of this issue and then someone comes and bothers me and I'm extra upset because of that and they'll have no idea. But I realized that everyone has that. And I think that in general, the more sensitive and nicer that we are to people, the better people will be, the more understanding, the nicer, the slower to anger we are, the better reacting, better perception. So I think that's something I want to try to take up upon myself is, I don't know if someone's bothering me or not giving a response I want or is like giving weird vibes or seems off, just pretend that they're not pretend, I guess. Just think that they're going through their version of your worst issue. And they're having a hard day. And just let us say with you, because you really never know what someone's going through. The amount of, I'll, I'll tell a story, okay? I don't know who's seen this, who's not, but it's a powerful story. Uh, a father was on the, on the train with four of his children and the children were, they were acting like animals and fighting with each other and screaming and just make, making a ruckus. And a woman went up to the father and said, do you do, do not have your kids under control? What's wrong with you? And the father said back, I'm sorry, uh, their mother just passed away and I, I don't even know what to think right now. And she said, oh my God, I'm so sorry. How can I help you? She was, her perception changed so fast from getting mad to sympathy and helping. You never know what's going on in someone's life. So if you could just give them the auto sympathy and give them the benefit of the doubt, let us all be like that woman in the second part of the story where we all have the sympathy and want to help without even needing to know just assume that people are going through things and worst comes to worst or not you'll be appreciated and better person for it anyway that was something that came on my mind the other day um speaking about your most stressful issue or just issues in general i've said this before on the podcast but it just comes up more in my life and i've seen more books and shows just talking about this recently actually a book i'm reading and a show that i watched brought this lesson and just reminded me how important it is and especially during this time of war when i wasn't uh, i didn't know what to do with the pain and i didn't know to avoid it or move on from it it's important to face the issue because I i don't like feeling pain i'm really bad at it i'm not good at sitting in discomfort but running from it doesn't help that's one running from it doesn't help the issue comes up and keeps poking at you but let's say let's say you're good at numbing it I've been good at numbing some issues, for sure. When you numb pain, you also numb joy. You can't numb certain parts of your feelings. You numb your feelings. So what are you really doing to yourself? You're avoiding pain to feel numb. I, I see numb as another version of depression because you, know, you still know that you're avoiding stuff and, and you're not letting yourself experience joy. It's, I, I read this in The Gifts of Imperfection. I, I always quote this book because I find it so powerful. When you, when you downplay something that you're excited for, like, I don't know. Let's say, uh, you, I might go to the Super Bowl this year. This isn't true, but let's just say. And I'm just saying, oh yeah, like, like I guess that could be cool. Like, maybe I'll be, actually, that's not true. Because in, inside, I really want to go to the Super Bowl. So when I don't go, I'll still be really disappointed. But now that, it, when I find out I'm not going, oh, sorry, I take that back. I said that wrong. When I find out I am going to the Super Bowl, I'm not as excited because I downplayed it. It wasn't a big deal. It's okay to let yourself feel on both sides. It's okay to, you know, I really wanted to go to the Super Bowl and that didn't work out. And that sucks. It's okay. And also, if you get to go to the Super Bowl, I was really excited to go and now I'm going. And you get to feel that joy on a higher level. That was a little bit unclear, but I, I think I got the point across. The point is that when you numb the pain, you numb the joy. And it's feeling the pain is hard, but it also is what leads you to grow. Um, in the book, The Gifts of Imperfection, it talks about facing your internal swamp and how it's easier to go through the swamp than to find a way to, to walk around it. Because this is not the Gifts, this is me talking. I find, he find the way, find the way, sorry, finding the ways to go around it. It's temporary. It doesn't really work. When you go through it, you look back. I look back. I look back at, at the, the swamp I walked through and I'm like, wow, like way to be forgetting yourself through that. And it's like anything else. It's a goal. You, I feel a lot more rewarded because I know I worked for it. And, and the next swamp, it's a harder swamp. But in life, we always want to be moving forwards. And uh, trust me, I've been told this so many times because I can't let myself go for it. I expect perfection a lot. But I fall and we're all going to fall. But I recently decided that when I fall, don't let that define me. Let it redirect me to a higher path. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying we shouldn't fight and try to do our best. We should. But when we mess up, that's not losing the battle. Getting down on yourself, that's losing the battle. Because falling is automatic. But how we respond, that's something we can train ourselves. Okay. Here is another cool concept that I was talking about with someone that I've just i been a big believer in this for a while. So each person you talk to and each experience that you experience shapes you for who you are. You are a reflection of everything you've been through and it's more for the people actually. You're a reflection of every person you've ever met but with a balance of the reflection. And it's like a mosaic, a mosaic for the people that don't know. I had to look it up just to make sure. It's like a puzzle, but it's made out of more jewelry and cool designs. And by the end of it, it ends up looking like a really, really cool picture. So what I take from that is you want to, you, I want my mosaic to, to be the best diamonds and the best design. And the way to do that is to meet the best people and have the best experiences. So it's just a key. You are, you are who your surroundings are. You want the mosaic to be good? Surround yourself with good people. People that uplift you. People that challenge you. People that will be honest with you. People that care about you for the right reasons. I think that if I could do that, the mosaic has a shot of uh, maybe maybe being hung up in the museum. All right. Um, so the next concept I'm going to talk about actually I think is the reason that mosaics could come out not so clear. Because if you get the wrong people and the wrong experiences, the mosaic could not come out so pretty and definitely won't make it to the museum. So there's this show called The Circle. Um, I haven't watched it. I just heard about the concept and I started watching it. I'm only going to watch it on the treadmill because I want to try to focus on other things and need some motivation to be on the treadmill. So The Circle is a show where everyone goes to hotel rooms. They're all, they're all private. They have meals and whatever taken care of. They're, I don't know if they're being paid or not. The goal of the show is to be the most liked. The people don't see each other. They all have these TVs in, in their hotel rooms that are connected to their phones. And it's a social media game. And all these people get put in touch with each other. Like, let's say there's 10 people put in 10 hotel rooms. They're texting each other. Okay? You could go in. Let's say let's say I was selected to go on the show. I could go in as me, Eitan Safra, and just put my profile pictures and... Talk, talk to people about what I like and what I don't like. And every so often they have a voting on who's the most liked and whoever is the least well-liked gets voted out. But here's a twist. I don't have to go in as me. I could go in as my friend and I could, I could put my pictures and just act like him. Or I could put his pictures and just act like me. I could put a celebrity's pictures. The goal of the game is to be the most liked. So people do whatever they think will do to get them the most liked and it's a cool concept and it sounds like a cool show but I think that's what's everything wrong with this world is that I, I, I struggle with this a lot but I find this in communities we try to people please and and it's not it's not authentic because when I could pretend to be someone else or I'm gonna just Tell something that you want to hear just so you 'll like me i 'm not i 'm not fulfilling my purpose. I was here to be me. everyone else in the world was taken, and no one else is me so i 'm really taking away from that and it 's taking away from the world because the world needs all of us. And I think everything this concept is everything wrong because it comes back to what the gifts talks about belonging versus fitting in fitting in is like like what I just said, saying telling people what the, what, what they want to hear it 's changing yourself so you so you 'll fit in and you 'll be well liked, but belonging is being accepted for who you are and if I went on the show with confidence, I could say that I'd be myself, would I win? maybe maybe not but but I 'm proud to be me, and no one no one else has the angle of, of me, and that's to everyone listening to this and to everyone now listening to this is true for all of them also. So I just think it's sad that we live in a world that people feel they have to fit in and be different people and try different looks just to impress. One thing I've learned in the past year and that I work on constantly is that validation has to come from the inside. Because for a while I relied on uh, outside factors to for my internal feelings and validation. But the outside factors are always going to be inconsistent. One day it's going to be sunny. One day it's going to be rainy. One day this friend's going to be nice. One day this friend's going to be in a bad mood. But if I could be on myself from the inside, the outside factors aren't going to affect me as much So that, those are just some thoughts that I had about that And coming back to like the not coming back just just going more about the concept of changing yourself for other people People have goals and aspirations and this quote I came across I don't remember where but Live your dream. Don't dream your life We're here. We we have one chance to live your dream and not dream your life. You know, uh, as someone that feels like they're good at talking, I could talk and say, I want to do all these things. But, but it's a lot harder for me to do them. But with trying to work on discipline and finding my passions and surrounding myself in the right environments, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, I'm trying to live my dream. I have a quote from a song that, that uh, was meaningful to me. Shout out to Sean Bed roommate, friend, Avial Plakin. I'm going to make him listen to this because I, I gave him the shout out. He started singing this song this past week. I'm like, yo, I love this song. So here's a quote. In life moments come and go. Take your shot or you'll never know. Your heart will tell you when it's time to move. Ask yourself, we you got to lose. I'll repeat it for the people that didn't hear it, but I'm going to sing it this time because why not? It's the vibes of the night. In life moments come and go. Take your shot or you'll never know. Your heart will tell you when it's time to move. Ask yourself what you got to lose. The song keeps going. I'll sing the next part. It's a vibe. When it storms, when it rains, it falls on all of us the same. But after today, the world's going to know my name. That was sung by Joseph Allen. He went on America's Got Talent. By the way, I know you guys appreciate the vocals. Clap it up for Etan Safra, guys. Whoa, whoa. Thank you. We, we love the support, everyone. Self-love and support. I don't need the outside factors. Building it from the inside. I know that was good. You know, I, I give myself concerts, concerts in the shower pretty often. So anyway, this guy, Joseph Allen, he went on America's Got Talent. And he sang this song. Beautiful song. It's called, wait, I just searched it up. Let me check if it's still here. It's called Footprint. Oh, wow. It really connects with everything. It's about the mosaic being hung up. The world's going to know my name. Leaving your footprint. And he got a golden buzzer, and his, unfortunately, his next performance wasn't so good, but the song was beautiful. Go listen to it, Footprint by Joseph Allen. And I want to finish off with this, actually not a joke today, but this quote is a personalized quote from yours truly, aton Safra, came up with this one myself. I was watching a TikTok, and this guy started saying this line, I'm like, oh, he's definitely going to say this next, and he didn't, and I'm like, whoa. I just got my first quote. So drum roll, please. For the first and a half time, because it was said on the last podcast that I took down, but this one will be staying up. For the first time, a personalized quote from staff in the city, you know, in a few years, you're going to be, not even a few years, hopefully it'll be spread faster than that. You're going to be hearing someone say, yo, what do you hear that quote? Oh, staff in the city. And it really ties into everything today. If you work hard on your job, you can make a living. But if you work hard on yourself, you can make a life. Let that sink in. You know, in this world, materialism is something that's very important to all of us. And it's very easy to get lost in. And a lot of people's goals in life is just to make jobs, make, make a living. And of course, there's family involved. But I was talking to my friend, Daniel. I'll shout, shout him out, a different Daniel, Daniel Bengelsorf. We were talking about the, the values of life. OK, I, I don't ask him if I could share this, but he, he, was, he was questioning um, he's in college right now, and he's questioning some of the values that he's in front of, and he realized that he might want to be around a more serious environment and focus on just making money and having a job and focusing on family rather than partying. And I said to him, "Daniel, that's, that's great that you want to focus on these things instead." Because he was saying that he feels like he doesn't want to feel empty, and he doesn't want to look back and be, like, "What am I doing with my time?" And yes. Yes, focusing on jobs and money, is, is a, it's good. It's goal-oriented. It pushes you. It's discipline. But you can still focus on that and feel empty. It's the deeper stuff in life that, that brings the joy. And that goes back to this quote. If you work hard on your job, you can make a living. But if you work hard on yourself, you can make a life. Eitan Safra. Wow. Spoke by myself This ended up I didn't think this could be a long episode The other one I recorded The other night was 25 minutes This one being 27 minutes But I'm prouder of this one I believe I left you guys With some of my better work And I hope that you guys Are still here and listening I'd always love for I don't know Feedback And just reaching out Questions about the podcast Something maybe You want to be talked about Staff in the city um, Right now You know It's not, it's not a live stream But I, I love Staff in the city I'm proud of it to all of you that listen, South in the City is a family. I started the episode the same way. I'm going to end it. You guys, South in the City is a family. To the people that take the time to listen to this, I really love you all. Uh, be well, guys. Keep it real. And we'll see you in the next episode. Be safe. Be well. Sayonara.